Hello everybody, welcome to the Spacemen from Pluto podcast. I'm your host this week, Ben. Joining me as always... Dan. James. And Christian. And today, guys, we're bringing all the new stuff. Things have actually come out. Can you believe it? It's no all new way. movies. Yeah, the podcast, we finally got new stuff to talk about. This <laughs> is great. We're going to be talking about A Quiet Place 2. And then later we're going to be talking about the first episode of Loki, even though by the time you watch the second episode has come out, we know. Sorry. Probably the third episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a few more things at the end. But first, I just want to read a little comment. We got, we got a comment, right? <gasps> and I wanted to read it. It's nothing too major. So f- for anyone that doesn't know, uh, we've just got a new video out of a new series called I've Never Seen, where we've took a look at Pulp Fiction because James has never seen it. And to help, you know, promote, we put the videos on Reddit sometimes. We put it out on Reddit. And this particular <laughs> post on Reddit has got a comment about James. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> it was a matter of time. Uh, it just made me chuckle. That's all. <laughs> it just made me chuckle. Because this is the game we're in now, isn't it, guys? Where we're going to face criticism. Yeah. Stra- strangers can tell us that we're stupid on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty simple. The guy's gone. <laughs> He's gone. James is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Any cuts would ruin it. It's the perfect film. And it just made me chuckle. I just thought that was funny. And this is by a, a Q Tarantino? <laughs> he wishes it had literally just been the sentence, James is an idiot. Yeah, I know. I kind of wished it as well. They, oh, man. Our first hate comment. Yeah, pretty, is it weird I really that I kind of love it? it? Yeah, I love it as well. I think it's great. I just thought, you know, we're getting out there in the world. People are knowing who we are now. You know, we're nearly famous, guys. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting the downloads, getting the views. So it's going to happen. You know, we're we're in the public eye now, you know. We're under scrutiny. (laughs) Anyway, should we talk about a film? Well, I've got a a question for you, Dan. Oh, Christ. And I like that it's going to become a thing. Dan. Have you watched A Quiet Place 2? <laughs> of course I've not. <laughs> but are, are you going to review it anyway? Yes, I am. <laughs> so, Dan, what did you think of A Quiet Place 2? Yeah, what did you think of A Quiet Place 2, Dan? It was very, qu- it was very quiet. Ooh, it was, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking, guys, I mentioned this earlier to you in person. I was thinking, you know, obviously you three have watched the film. Brilliant, well done. Um... The reason why I didn't watch this film, it was mostly due to... I've not seen the first one. And also, these kinds of films, you know, the monster-type deal, um, doesn't really interest me that much. I feel like it's kind of played out. So maybe you guys can, you know, you can talk about the film, what you liked and all that kind of stuff. Also try and convince me, why should I go and watch this? You know, I'm not into this this type of film. What's good? Or maybe I shouldn't go and watch it because it's rubbish. I don't know. My thing with these films is, Dan, both of them, I would recommend them to anyone, but I don't think I'd rave about them because mm. I think they, they're good. They're really solid films, and I do think pretty much like anyone can enjoy these films. But in general, I'm careful about raving about films, and I just think, I think if someone went, this is the best film ever, you've got to go see it, you'd be disappointed by that. But I do think everyone should try these films. They are good. They're really solid films. I think when you when you when someone says to me, "Oh, like a, a popcorn movie, a fun time at the cinema," I th- I think it is that in like you the reckon? best the best way. I think they're. I, I agree with James. I think they're both really solid, 
entertainment movies with good characters, a little bit of depth here and there, a bit of good filmmaking, good scenes and stuff, tension and things like that. So I I, I enjoyed I've enjoyed both films. I, I really yeah. enjoyed the first one. Yeah, is I don't, it, is I don't it, know if it's it? as good. I don't know if the second one's better. I was going to ask. I don't know if it is because I've not seen the first one in a few years. Because like they played their card in the first one, you know. So they a can't really bit. they can't really do that again in this one. What's the deal with it? Can you sort of <laughs> explain? Is it like they sent sound right? Yeah, they're it's, super it's, sensitive to sound, quiet. and if you make any noise, they just attack noise. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but it's bas- like they will hear you from far away. Yeah. Mm. But basically, they're. Uh, they're, they're kind of like the clickers from The Last of Us if you combine them with a smaller version of the Cloverfield monster. Well, mm. they're so, the future predator from Primeval. And that's just the first comparison to The Last of Us, especially in part yeah. two. <laughs> I was certainly getting a Last of Us vibe from the trailer, especially the scene mm. with um, the John Krasinski in the car and the driving oh, away. Oh, mate, the, the, the second film so just turns two. into The Last of Us. Yeah, it is The Last of Us. <laughs> But oh I don't. Not, not, care. It's not an awful thing. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Like the first one, especially. Like it's got, it's kind of got quite a lot of plot holes. Like especially to do with the, how the sound works or the lack of sound with the creatures. But I don't care. <laughs> like they detect sound, but if there's loads of sound, it's fine. So like yeah. they go to a waterfall and it's fine. So mm. it's like we'll just live next to the waterfall and they don't, or make loads of sound, then it's fine. Just but put I don't a care. siren down somewhere that's yeah. constantly going off. But so they break yeah. the siren. Uh, I don't know. You wouldn't want to live next to like that much noise constantly. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah, but it's that or walk around quietly and get killed, James. But they don't. They survive. But I, I also, I also, well, I, I, I well, think, I think that would do. <laughs> until <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I think logically it would make more sense for them to create some sort of barrier of sound. Uh, around where they live however I think A that would also be very time consuming and B it's way more interesting to watch them have to work around the fact that they can't make sound absolutely yeah it's, just, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have a, the movie has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I think is really cool about it is it's like um the basically Dan the main thing about this family is that a daughter is deaf so they all know American sign language and that's yeah. kind of how they've got so far because they can communicate yeah. without having to talk which is really cool. That's quite handy. Yeah. Literally handy. Ah, I like it. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um, thanks, thanks, but um, the thing that I like about both the first one and the second one is every now and then it's just got these little bits I'm like you've really sat down and thought about what this world would be like if you couldn't talk like there's just some really nice oh, yeah. little details in there. What any uh, examples? Um, you know, like we we just kind of kind of have to do spoilers, aren't we? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always so, like, spoilers. There's a bit in the second one, Dan, where one person attacks another person, and when they get close, they put a noose around their neck and tighten it, and then it's like covered in bells. So this person has now got like a bunch of jangly shit tied oh, okay, to them; yeah. they can't get it off. And I thought that was a yeah. really cool idea of like a way to attack someone. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. It's- to go into the second one as well, I thought it, as a sequel it, it works well in that um, it was like in terms, of, especially the visual sense. It's like it's all new stuff. Mm. It's places yeah, yeah. we'd not seen before in uh, in the first film. And there was like a factory they, set in, and there's the the water. They they put a big emphasis on that early on because um, the way that they get around in the first film is they've sort of obtained bags and bags of sand. 
and placed trails of sand down because of course bare feet walking on sand makes barely any noise so they've just le left trails of sand and then this one starts with them hitting the end of where they put the sand up to to sort of indicate right this is whole new area whole new set of circumstances right, and we aren't just it, it's not just going to be like same old hat we're just repeating the same thing as the first one yeah I, I, you go on I, was I saw one review being like but you know they're fine in their house why would they not stay there because the house is flooded yeah, like, yeah I, they can't stay there. <laughs> I, I thought I liked it as well because I didn't get from the trail. I got the sense like yeah, they just they just leave the house and then they come across Killian Murphy through chance. And I was like, well, that's hopefully that's not the case because yeah, I was like, why would you leave the house even though it's flooded? But in the film, I got the sense of there's the scene where the daughter checks out the other uh, beacon, like Lord of the Rings style, hmm. and sees where they are. I think they know that it's Killian Murphy because we've seen in a flashback that's who it is. So they, How they, do you feel about that? That they already knew each other before all of this. I, I liked it because I was going to say oh, okay. I like it. I like that they don't leave the house necessarily because it's flooded and we can we can never go back. They're leaving just to get help because they're in a dire situation. I, in a, if nothing, if if everything had gone okay, I kind of foresaw Killing would help them go back to the farm and they would rebuild it mm, because why wouldn't point. you? But yeah. other things transpired, like the daughter's plot line that's prevented them from going back and their injuries and everything else. So I, I got the sense of the film, oh, they're not just leaving yeah. because the movie has to happen. They're leaving for a little bit and hopefully um, to come back. Well, that's what I got from it. Sort okay. of... Um, D Dan may have already interpreted this, and I, I am sorry I'm about to spoil the, f the first film for you, probably. I don't really care. It's fine. Um, but I, I, one of the things I, I really liked about the story of this one uh, was that it chose to focus more on the 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 kids and their sort of dealing with their dad's passing because you know end of the first film big climactic scene John Krasinski sacrifices himself to save uh, his son and daughter um, and I like that a big arc in this film is that uh, Emily Blunt as the mother just had a newborn baby. Um, still has two kids and her husband who was helping her survive is gone so she's going out there with her kids to be like right well we need to find we need to find someone else who can help we need two adults but then the progression of the story is that the two kids are very have learned enough from their dad they're very like their dad especially yeah, the daughter well, yeah, the oh, son. I could not stand the son throughout this film. That was uh, he really, Blunt, really yeah, wound me up. Their plotline was a bit, especially a bit where he goes off on his own. Is it was a bit forced, and there was it was strange that yeah, the, Emily Blunt kind of doesn't need to be in the film. It's weird she kind of gets sight. It, it felt very much like oh well we. We've got to give her something to do. Well, I didn't mind what, because she went off and got the gas canisters. I didn't mind that. But yeah, when he, when the kid then leaves and goes, get, you know, upstairs and stuff, I was like, why, why are you? But even then, That's like dumb. when he like, I know he stands in a bear trap, and I know it's got to hurt. But how far into they say you now? Like you understand, you can't just be screaming your head off like that. But he like has it, just stood in the bed. I, I think I, I would have sympathy with you if Emily Blunt didn't manage to give birth without making that much noise. She's an adult. 
Nah, he's uh, he really annoyed me in this film. And maybe he's supposed to. Maybe he's supposed to be that character that makes bad decisions. But I'm surprised he I, kept his foot. To be honest, yeah, I would have just lobbed it off. I left thought his foot there. was a goner. I thought his foot was a goner. And yeah. I was really convinced that it was going to be a thing of he killed. Well, not killed, but like he ended. He accidentally ended up killing his like baby sister. I thought brother. That, is it a boy? I'm not sure. I the don't baby. Know, actually. Uh, I didn't think specify. That... I think they do. I think I've got a feeling Maybe it is a boy because I think they make a boy. thing of maybe it replaces the one that got absolutely wiped out in the first. Yeah, yeah. the, the five year old that got wiped out at the beginning of the film. Yeah, I, I don't. I just didn't think they would really. They would do it. I don't. They can't. They can't kill it. In the um, I know. Like it's one of those things. Afterwards, it's like yeah, of course they didn't. They it's really but, dark. But, yeah, but watching it, know. I was like, they yeah. might. Like I, I wondered whether it was going to be a thing of she gets back to the furnace, opens it, and he's just there using the mask. Or he, I thought oh, he it was going to be a thing. Maybe. I thought it was going to be a thing if he didn't realise that the gas tank was out. So he just shut the box and went, but the, like, yeah. my, uh, like, the baby will be fine in there. And then opens it and the baby's run out of oxygen. Yeah, but I was like, yeah. it's, that'd be dark. I kind of respect it, but at the same time, I'm glad I didn't see a dead baby. So. Yeah, yeah. And we we've seen a bunch seen, in Zack Snyder movies. I was going to say, we've already <laughs> seen too many zombie babies, and yeah. so we don't need a, another, uh, like, dead or dying mm. infant in <laughs> films that we've watched recently. But as well, Dan, there is a plot line involving a young girl who has key information and yeah. a man who's a bit war-torn of the world with a greyish beard. Oh, okay. Buttoned-up shirt, and hmm. they're wandering the wasteland together in hopes of a better future. I'm not really? describing The Last of Us. <laughs> I'm describing this movie. Quiet Place 2. Yes. Yeah, there is just... the Killian Murphy and the daughter just go on a, a separate plot line. <sighs> and it is, it is um, shockingly similar to the... And they Derivative. come across... They come across a, another group who are very freaky. I found them really yeah. unpleasant yeah, yeah. looking. I think that's the only thing I'd say about this film that's a bit like, oh, okay, as of such untapped sort of maybe potential and something to explore is the idea of, because when he says the people who are left aren't worth saving, like, show us more of that. But yeah. I got, like, I feel like we are getting a third film. Oh, and yeah. I feel like that's where that stuff movie. comes Definitely. in. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but um, even though it was The Last of Us, I did, I did enjoy it. I, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I drew the parallels like pretty early on and it, it didn't. It didn't bother me. I was like, okay, um, you know. It it sort of weirdly gave me more faith in the possibility of this Last of Us TV show being good because <laughs> I saw that story that was essentially the Last of Us translated. It was, what if Ellie was deaf? And <laughs> yeah, that's about the only thing that changes. And they even have the whole like they go off. Killian uh, Murphy's very reluctant to go on this adventure. He's like, no, we need to go back to where it's safe. We can't just do it, the two of us. And she's like, no, 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 we have to do this. We have to save the world. They go off together, find a group of, the, of, of less desirable people who are trying to kill them, manage to escape because they overcome these people with the creatures that are around. <laughs> And then find a nice little settlement that is a wonderful place. And, oh, yes, we, we can all live here peacefully because the creatures can't get here because they can't swim. Oh, wait, we've brought one with us in a boat. <laughs> no, it was, no, no, it was no, a separate it was, boat. It was, yeah, a separate it's boat. was it a separate boat? boat? Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. I, and then, you know, you kind of just got to 
suspend your disbelief of, oh, this boat also just happened to wash up on shore yeah, yeah. with them. But, you know. So, um, where, where are these uh, creatures from? What's the deal? Space. 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 We didn't get... And part of me is, I don't know if I like that. Because in the first one, Dan, it opens in the um, apocalypse already. We don't know. They don't explain anything. And you don't get any explanation in this other than... So the opening scene is set beforehand and it's the day it all kicks off and you see asteroids like coming to Earth and then the next thing you know, they're just here. So we don't know where they're from or anything like that. But part of me is just like, I, I, I don't think we needed it, but I yeah. still don't feel like it's been over-explained, so it's, not, it's fine. That is a good opening scene, to be fair. I just, yeah. I just enjoy spending time with John Krasinski being a dad, if I'm honest. Yeah, so same. I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's a very good opening scene. And I like that this film did have so many intersecting stories, both at the beginning and the end, because, of course, the dad and daughter end up split off from the mum and the, the two sons. And we have that back and forth between them surviving on day one. And then towards the end of the film, we have Emily Blunt off fighting this creature on her own. By the way, I'm, I'm glad that they finally thought to use some form of falling water and sprinklers in a fight like she she oh, actually yeah. actively sets off a sprinkler so that yeah. the it's confused by the water noises hitting the ground so that she can move more freely i, I just like that they split off all these stories and we just keep cutting from them I, like i felt it was that the tension was increased because we were watching three different people in three equally tense positions it's it's done really well how like they have these three different um Sort of like, yeah, they are scenes. I was going to say, like, if there's a better word for it, like, the fact that, like, there's tension in them. There's yeah. three different scenes running concurrently, Dan, cutting between them. And the way it's all done and pieces together is so well done. Yeah. It's really mm. good. Hmm. As well, I don't know, just super quick before I ask you a question, Dan, there's a bit where, because we're all Lost fans, Oh. the bit where they get on the island and the little village looks exactly like Dharmaville it on does. the island. Oh. It's... I... Could, I... Oh, my God. Because <laughs> in, in Lost, the houses are yellow, but these were white. It was the same... It's the same... It's the same... It's Very the same. Filmed. Maybe it was filmed in same Hawaii? No, it's not filmed in Hawaii. It doesn't look like Hawaii. <laughs> oh, my God. I was sat there like... Oh! <laughs> it's Lost, the back of the island. Yeah, somebody's been watching. John John Krasinski's been watching Lost. He's been That's watching great. a lot of Lost, playing a lot of The Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> been having a great old time in lockdown. Like in movie, I think that why I'm not too interested in this film though, because there's other, because it just seems like I feel like it has the, there's there's an extra level of depth to these films for some reason. Like I don't know if it's about the performances. You have got some good actors in there. Um, it seems to take itself a bit more seriously. It's a little bit more of an adult film, different themes and what have you going on, as well as being a bit of a monster film. I feel like that's kind of the the appeal and what it's going for. But yeah, like it does sound a lot like Last of Us and even down to the setting, the post-apocalyptic kind of thing, the struggle for, for survival, the little stories. And then you've also got the big story of you know, apparently saving the world, right? Silly Murphy, Murphy's trying to... He has yeah, some information that could stop this. It, it, it's uh, the daughter has some information, and basically, in the first film, John Krasinski, her dad, builds mm. her a sort of hearing aid. Um, but she figures out that when the creatures get close, however, it is that they 
because uh, they have these sort of like flaps that they open to expand their ears and hear within a set radius mm-hmm. um whenever they get close to her uh her hearing aid causes feedback so her uh, they pick up a, a radio signal at the beginning of this film and her plan is to head to this radio station um cut off the song that is being broadcast currently and place her hearing aid on the microphone so that it's constantly projecting this horrendous static noise that the creatures don't like. All right, okay. Oh. Because, okay. like, the creatures are, like, super armoured, so you can't just shoot them and kill them. They move at the, speed as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, the only... they Basically, the only way they found they can kill them is to set them off with this feedback. It, like, sort of paralyzes them, they freak out, and their head opens up, and then you can shoot them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now mm-hmm. any radio that they can tune into the frequency by the end of the film, they can just blast them with that. I, uh, I, I'm i a bit worried the third one is going to tip over a bit into it's now they're not that dangerous and it's a bit kind of what's the point? Mm. That 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 is my worry because I feel like the third part could very well lead into a ah, we've got an idea of how to beat them now. We We have this knowledge of how to take back Earth and it might end up being a bit too large scale but yeah, yeah. But I was surprised mm. I was surprised how small this film was yeah. like not a mm. lot happened and the film in a good way did does take its time and scenes you get to, like scenes get to breathe and yeah. characters get to kind of take moments and just chill out and there's you know less dialogue and stuff and I found that just like oh god nice it actually it's got the pace is, is really good pace to it it's not moving too yeah. fast yeah, and this film's really small scale still. It's, it's still only about like these four people, four or five people. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'm, the third one will stay s- smaller scale. I have faith in John Krasinski now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, love the fact that like the second one is still only, I think it's like an hour 37. They didn't yeah, go, yeah. right, so like we've got all this money, we can go big budget, we can go as big as we want, and they still went, but we don't need to. We're just going to you know, do yeah, the yeah. story that we want to tell. I, I do feel like they haven't gone bigger for the sake of it. I feel like whether he'd been given a hundred million or ten million to make this film, it would be the same story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah another uh, that that was another worry of mine. Like when they announced the sequel, I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have two major problems here. Number one, we're gonna see too much of the creatures, and number two, I don't know if there's much of a story to be told beyond the first one. Um, both of those were settled. Like both of those were sort of. I I don't I didn't have these worries about sort of 25 minutes into the film because a they managed to find like this interesting beyond the small farm compound that they were living in story um, without making it too big world and involving too much complexity in it they they managed mm. to still make this sort of family surviving the apocalypse film. Yeah. while also managing to work in a sort of save the world story um so it 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 it, f- it was a big concept but it still felt like a small personal story and number 2 we did see a lot more of the monsters but i don't think it lessened their impact no i'd agree i think so either uh it does um, sound to me that if you you know in if you're into films like this it seems like a decent Type, type I, of this genre, you know. Yeah, they're solid. I, I, they're just really solid, entertaining, good character movie. It, if yeah. It, if it wasn't for, 
off the top of my head, because the first one came out in 2018, uh, off the top of my head, if it wasn't for Hereditary, I would probably call A Quiet Place my favourite horror of that year. Oh, of that year. Right. I was going to say what came out. <laughs> That's what a claim. The thing I'd say, Dan, is I know you've missed the first one, but mm. if you get the chance, see this film in cinemas because it will benefit from it with like the sound and the tension uh, and the atmosphere. Yeah. So, perhaps it's personally, I'm a little bit burnt out on the whole post-apocalyptic mm. genre. This, Wait, um, yeah. you know, especially after you know, playing the living last of it. Us. Live, oh, yeah. <laughs> living it for sure. Um but also Last of Us was a pretty um it's a pretty experience, experience that yeah, stayed yeah. with me for sure in you know in terms of the gritty post apocalyptic kind of zombie whatever you want to call them slash Yeah, I, th- th- that that's another thing that this film draws in comparison with The Last of Us. It has the same apocalyptic aesthetic. Like as you yeah, can see from behind me, it's I'm a lot of sense, yeah. it's a lot of like trees, overgrown, yeah, trees yeah. overcoming what was once reclaiming nature, yeah, reclaiming na- nature, reclaiming, yeah, and you know most of post-apocalyptic worlds, it's like bricks and rubble everywhere and fires in the background and nuclear stuff. apocalypse. Yeah, they, they've got that sort of nuclear grey apocalypse going on. This is a very green yeah. apocalypse. It's which now I quite like. That, I think that aesthetic though, maybe it's that, maybe it's that, like because I keep seeing that aesthetic. There's that Horizon Zero Dawn as well as yeah, yeah. Same, same thing. The whole idea of you know nature reclaiming the cities and all all that. Um, uh, maybe I'm just a little bit burnt out on that type yeah. of. Type I, of I I can understand that because people have gone pretty heavy on it, and I think it was because people they've gone heavy on this new uh, apocalyptic aesthetic, the sort of nature overcoming. Yeah. Um, because people got burnt out on the apocalyptic, like grey and brown, slushy dirt wastelands. Yeah. I suppose like, really though that's that it's all just kind of like set dressing when it comes down to it because it's about like the actual story that runs through it. I mean, you could kind of reskin this film to be a nuclear apocalypse film or some other form of like robot apocalypse film or something like that. But as long as the story, you know, any form of apocalypse. But as long as the story kind of holds up, the characters hold up. It's still a successful I, film. I, I I think I think like different aesthetic apocalypses work for different types of stories, and this sort of small-scale farmland family yeah. overcoming story wouldn't have looked right if it was like a large grey nuclear apocalypse. Mm-hmm. It, it, it works better that they're in this sort of green forest where the metal's all rusted and the buildings the buildings aren't smashed up. Like, the windows are gone, but the buildings are still pretty intact, but yeah. sort of dim, barren. Not last um, of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one sort of like exactly. element in it that they they do a little bit of it in the second one but if we do get a third one i'd like to see a lot more of and it's the idea of because you know you've got creatures that can hear everything and a girl that's deaf the fact they are like complete opposites and that sort of dynamic you get from that you get a little bit of it in the uh train cart when she's looking for supplies then but that is something i'd love to see more of going forwards with this sort of world yeah i think the ending of the film definitely signified they will now be the leads obviously Krasinski and the team he writes with I don't I don't know the credits I've taken it's I've, just him I just him this time they've mm. looked at the first one going what what works it's the kids focus mm. them have Killian Murphy and Emmy Blunt be supporting players and I wonder if in the third one we might get a bit of a time jump because obviously the kids have now aged two yes. two movies worth in real time 
and Emily Blood needs her character needs to rest. She's just <laughs> given birth. Her, her foot is wrecked from stepping on that nail. She needs to chill out. So I, I wonder if and and, and Killy Murphy's legs ruined. So maybe a year or so time jump maybe. I, I think you're right, particularly when you think of the fact that, well, yeah, this film did come out and the kids don't look too different now. This film was like, this film was a year old. This was supposed to come out at the start yeah. of mm. like 2020. So you've got an extra year of what we're seeing. I, I think a time jump would maybe make sense. But yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to feel. It. A, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I want it either. Yeah. I, I, I also like uh, that neither of these films, like just speaking of uh, a third one, I also like that none of these, neither of these films. Like feel like they've got a happy ending. There's there's a level of closure and enough closure for you to go away from the film thinking, okay, I know where everyone is, but it's that sort of um, it's it's sort of partial closure because you know the second film ends, all of them are that like the family split up. They're in two different places. Um, they kind of know where each other are i'd say the second film stops i wouldn't say it ends do you know what i mean like, it just, yeah, yeah that, it just, but, the film just uh, stops <laughs> neither of the sides of the family are in danger anymore so it's got that level of closure of okay they both overcome the creatures that they needed to and are safe currently um but they're split up they're still in a level of danger because you know the apocalypse doesn't just end um so, so I, I like that they have this sort of it's satisfactory closure but also leaves you being like well we kind of need to see a third one just for them to at least yeah. get back to we need to know that they at least get back together and yeah. so let me ask you a question then guys would would you recommend this film definitely yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the film and like, like I said to you, I, it's not just I'd recommend it. I'd say if you are planning on watching it, go watch it in the cinemas. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a solid, fun, entertaining time. There's genuinely tense moments. The the, the section with the water and the, those bells, genuinely tense. I I legit thought yeah. Killian Murphy was a goner. Um, I thought that. By the way, he's great in the film. That was my one request. I thought, oh, Killian Murphy's in it. He's great. Please be great. And he is great. Um, he's always pretty decent yeah and he was uh, he was he, in it way more than i thought he was in a, in the best way he's like the second lead of the film yeah, yeah. in the, so i was really happy about that and, he, uh, yeah. and they nailed his look the costume department <laughs> he the his apocalypse he had the jacket a good jacket the shirt a rifle hat beard boom and he, he really suited like the, the the silver fox kind of whiskers kind of look I, I, you know, as good as John Krasinski's beard was in the first one, I think I preferred Killian Murphy's for the apocalyptic look. Like, John Krasinski's was so good, but it looked yeah. too nice and Very neat and neat. trimmed. Yeah. Killian's was a bit, like, scraggly because, yeah. well, of course I, it would be. Yeah, I, I love I love the sort of polar opposites of John Krasinski's, <laughs> this, like, very positive character who has tried to survive and provide for his family and yeah very resourceful uh and you know he even in the worst of times he does still have like quite a groomed beard his his hair he's you know he's he's still clearly been like getting his hair cut by either himself or emily blunt or someone in this apocalyptic world like 
he's clearly been looking after himself and then you bump into Killian Murphy and he's got dirt all over his face. <laughs> he's living in this horrendous f- factory that's fallen to pieces. Um, he's, he's wearing sort of scruffy, part disheveled clothes, clutching to a rifle with this scraggly grey beard. Like, he, he has been having the complete opposite time in the apocalypse. He's He's on the cynical this is the end of humanity and i am giving up here's here's a thought guys talking of apocalyptic films because i just had a thought then earlier about when we were talking about cillian murphy imagine an apocalypse film set in the peaky blinders universe (laughs) as ridiculous as that be can you guys think of any apocalypse films that have been set kind of in a historical period that's not just the present kind of modern day like we go back and then see an apocalypse happen, like yeah. in the past, like in the, in the dark ages, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't know if I, cool. I don't know if that does exist. Does I it? I quite like that. Like you know, I want that a zombie apocalypse, but it's in the Victorian time. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like that. That's tell you what. There you go, Dan. There's how you the, make the pride, genre a bit pride fresh. and prejudice and zombies. That's what movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I would maybe. I don't know if Ben would agree, but I'd maybe argue Army of the. Uh, Army, Army of Darkness. Darkness. I don't know. It, um, it's, uh, you know, from what I know, de- of it. Deadites, which are kind of zombies, and it's medieval knights. Let's have an apocalypse set in, like, the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. Gladiator times. And if you, you get to see some proper zombie tigers, then <laughs> don't worry about yeah. Any army of the dead zombie tigers. We've got some proper. And all the other stuff that they kept at the Colosseum. It's all zombies now. That'd be cool. I don't know if there is any set in the past apocalypse how one. have we not had that yet yeah that does seem like a weird gap in the market Could somebody, yeah. uh, do it, let's do it let's someone do it. comment in if, uh, <laughs> if you're listening and if you know any movies that that yeah that are set in the past but have some sort of apocalypse type threat in them please let us know film or tv show please let there's us a, know there's a huge like alternate history um genre in books that i know about not that i've read any but there's one that a friend of mine um, let me know of and it was set in World War 2 but there was an alien invasion during World War 2 and I can't remember what it's called now it's going to bug me I think it's called the World War series or something but anyway these big lizard aliens invade and the uh, the allies and the Germans have to join forces against oh, these lizards so and it's it's a little bit it sounds yeah yeah but you know I think there's a gap in the market there. For, I, I yeah. love stuff like that. The idea of like, if at this point in history, what if this had happened instead of this? Like, even if it's yeah. not always supernatural or like apocalypse. Yeah, like what if the Black Plague was zombies or something? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a man, yeah, the man in the high, the high castle. I've not watched any of you guys watch. I would that? love to watch I've that not. show. Yeah, I uh, recommended I, it. Yeah, the alternate history. Yeah, yeah. Alternate history is, you know, maybe that's the next thing that can people can go crazy for the alternate history. I'd watch James is interesting, which is a the good sign. Like, this I, I, could be I would love some like successful. alternate history films that just sort of cross genres. It doesn't matter what the yeah. subject is. Almost like um, a, a what if yeah. series. Let's not. Let's not. Because this is a Marvel reference, isn't it? Speaking of yeah. what if. <laughs> is, that, is that a good time to segue? Have people got more things to say? Uh, not, no, not no. really, no. I, I, we, we've kind of closed off 
recommended. Did a little yeah. bit extra. So. It's a really solid film. Yeah, yeah. Go watch it. Yeah, the solid but I think it was yeah. worth holding, like, because this was one of the big ones where they were like, we don't want to just release it while COVID is still a thing. We want to wait till people can see this in cinemas, and I think it was worth it. I, yeah. I'm glad they didn't push this into a home release. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I do agree. Speaking okay. of what if, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's fucking talk about James's favourite yes, subject. Go. We're back, baby. You know, it's been two hours since the last Marvel thing, <laughs> so let's talk about the new Marvel Disney Plus show, Loki. Mm. The first episode has come out. We have all watched it. Of course, mm-hmm. by the time this is out, you'll have watched the second episode, but you're going to have to deal with it. We'll have also watched the second episode. <laughs> we'll by have then. also watched the second episode by but then, but you know, this is just how it is. It is how it, it is what it is. So, we'll start with you, James. Uh, what did you think of the show? Were you interested in the show going in? Yes. What did you think of the first episode? Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's <laughs> yes. really solid. I, like, I think it's a really good first episode. I think it kind of hits the ground running. It sets up a lot of stuff very early on that I'm very interested in. I like that it's, you know, similar to once WandaVision got started. It's not just, okay, so we're just spending a bit more time with these characters. As much as I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, it didn't do that much new and different. This already feels like, oh, this show is going to be something a bit different, something we've not quite seen yet from Marvel. And it looks like it's making sort of big changes to the world. Like it's introducing bigger elements yes one of those which turns out infinity stones not that big a deal well yeah. uh in this realm anyway whatever it, this realm happens I, to be. I, I wouldn't say that it's not that they're they're not a big deal it's the variant versions of them just there's a kind bigger of version lose. well it's it's this whole thing of like they're powerless outside of their universe and when you t- take them into the tva that's outside the universe they aren't you, it, yeah it like, was, there's ways yeah. to explain it it's a good it's joke, the then there is also that, yeah, it's also yeah. that moment of, oh, what have I just spent the last 10 years watching? Yeah. <laughs> it's good, though, I like it. My biggest concern was, like, the the implication of the idea of, does anyone have any real, like, choice? Because <laughs> they were telling Loki it's all on a preordained path. Uh, the Avengers were supposed to go back in time in Endgame and I was like it's very time travel is very dangerous yeah in yeah. any storytelling like it ultimately it always falls apart unless you unless you get out early kind of even back to the future kind of, I'm sure that falls apart um, I'm just I'm a bit I'm just worried about this whole you're not supposed to be here you're supposed to do this you know they're supposed to do that and I was like it yeah. kind of removes it removes Tony's choice to sacrifice himself. It removes Cap's choice to do so and so to to crush the plane because it's supposed to. Ha- it, 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 you know, Peter isn't supposed to be Spider Man. He happens to get bitten by the spider. You know, it kind of. I just worry about the implications of, of the TVA existing I, while I, I enjoyed I, the episode. Regardless, I, I do think that that has heavy implications on the past. But I think that the main reason that they chose to state that is because. Um, we are about to get the multiverse torn to shreds and the TVA are about to have a great heaping mess on their hands with variants because, I mean, if Spider-Man No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness are going to live up to what we expect from them, 
then I reckon that the TVA are about to have about 18 different Spider-Men. <laughs> Yeah. running about all Loki, over the place Loki's got a lot I, his, I love play. the bit yeah I love the bit where like it's in that whole like cartoon thing and it's essentially a bit of an exposition dump of how this world works Jurassic but you know Park, we kind yeah. of yeah yeah so Jurassic Park with the yeah, Mr. Yeah. D like the dino DNA guy it's, it's a great way to do exposition there that type yeah, of thing yeah. it was and certainly a definitely a, a reference or you know a, a nod to Jurassic Park 100%. yeah gave me four out like vibes it. as well yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I can um, see that. That, that, that's... But it's when like they there's literally a line where they're like, "Oh, and if stuff got too crazy, the multiverse would break out into madness." I was like, "Oh, I wonder which film they're trying to set up with that one." Like, there's so many buzzwords. <laughs> there would be short no way time. home. <laughs> that, that that leads like nicely into one of the major things that I was uh, really happy about when it came to this episode was the aesthetic. Yes, I loved the world and the soundtrack and the way that everything was crafted because mm-hmm. it all felt very like 60s to 80s sci-fi without being like that sort of ridiculous level of in your face, oh look we're doing <laughs> 60s to 80s style sci-fi yeah. it, it, it wasn't I, I, I wouldn't go as far as calling it subtle but it had that aesthetic without kind of throwing it at you yeah mm. I thought it was quite funny, yeah, they make it, you know, time travel is a very big concept, very broad, very grand, but it's all very beige, and it's very, yeah. it's all very, like, non-plus to them, it's still very corporate yeah. and very 9-5. Yeah. It's very bureaucracy, there's a lot of bureaucracy, yeah. isn't it? I, that, I, I was getting a lot of um, Brazil vibes from the bureaucracy, yeah, obviously yeah, with yeah. the aesthetic, not quite the same, but, like, lots that idea of, yeah, lots of paper, lots of people just doing these, like, faceless bureaucratic jobs you know stamping dotting the t and um, dotting the i's crossing the t's you know <laughs> the lowercase j's <laughs> um but yeah i'm like really intrigued by this show i think probably more so than i was one division i wasn't wow. particularly fussed by falcon and the winter soldier i mean i feel like that was a good show i didn't really watch it but i feel like it was a good show for what it was <laughs> <laughs> you might actually watch this show, Dan. That's high Wonder- praise. But I, I liked One Division because it was doing something a bit different, and it was quite clever and a bit meh and a bit sort of interesting. This I'm getting a similar vibe. It's doing yeah. something weird, and I like it. I don't quite know what, and it's it's becoming a little bit meta and it's becoming a little bit self-referential. And you have this—you have the whole idea of like the timekeepers, right? The timekeepers yeah. are the main kind of antagonists or whoever they, they are. Maybe not antagonists. We don't know. Do I like exist? the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of like them as being like the showrunners, and <laughs> and it's going to get really, really meta and really kind of self-referential in that way. I've got a theory I'd like to put to you guys now. Just I just want to put it out there in case it does happen. It might not, but I've got a feeling there's going to be a bit maybe penultimate episode or mid-season point where there's this whole thing of maybe like there's the timekeeper's office and the whole time the tv are like you can't go in there you can't disturb them and eventually loki's like no, no i need to talk to them burst through and it's an empty room and they either never did exist or they've stopped existing and like actually doing anything a long time ago mm-hmm. and it's just been this corporation sort of having to piece things together because there isn't this overboard watching over everything anymore mm-hmm. Just, or Kevin Feige's got... in there, and they just <gasps> yeah. 
fully, that was sick. Fully it's just Kathleen it. Kennedy, Kevin Feige. Russo's and, are in there. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston's in there. They just go <laughs> off the rails with it. That would be sick. Really, it's a very intriguing concept. I agree with Christian in the aesthetic. I really like the aesthetic. I liked the fact that they just opened these weird doors to different times. I didn't anticipate that. Like, we have a scene that takes place in, like, the 1500s, right? I think it's in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, church. the church, yeah. And we have a scene that takes place in... Um, Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, there's a scene on... Is it a plantation? Or the, it's some kind of... It's in America um, yeah, around yeah. that era, I think. 1850s. It looks, yeah, yeah the, the, the ending of the episode... Oh, where the the guys get killed by Loki yes. at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And, that, the and I really, thing. Yeah, I really right. like this sort of time hopping aspect where you know where Owen Wilson is just kind of at will going in, into these different time zones and meet. Like he, there's that one scene with him and the little kid where he's just sort of trying to calm this kid down and he gives him some bubble gum or someone's giving him some bubble gum. I think at the variant gave him the little yeah, kid the some variant's gum, giving right? him some modern day. I, always, I, I just like that idea of like the you know modern day present day clashing with like the past. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it could be cool. It could I, be cool. Yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to say like really, really liked uh, Owen Wilson in this as well yeah. as uh, yeah, is it? It's Agent Mobius, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, um, Mobius and, and Mobius. I'm. I'm I'm actually very excited. It seems like him and Tom Hiddleston uh, are going to have some pretty good on-screen chemistry, and I'm excited to see how Agent Mobius and Loki are going to interact as this series goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're going to be really good together. I've seen a video of Tom Hiddleston doing an impression of Owen Wilson. So that that will yeah. happen. He will just yeah. do that <laughs> to his face. That's going to happen. We'll go. Wow, you know he'll do he'll do <laughs> yeah. something to him. Um, I I find it kind of glorious. It happened in Endgame as well. How relevant and important Thor: The Dark World is. Like well, they made like the worst film quite important. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's people are saying this. They're like they're kind of using these shows to do a bit of damage control. Yeah. So it's like WandaVision kind of fixed Age of Ultron and sort of you know. Yeah did bits to improve that and make it like oh no it's not as bad as you think and like I, they're trying to do that with dark i really again. like that idea i really like it when they you should acknowledge your faults and regardless of the quality of the film it's canon and you should move forward yes the star wars prequels happened regardless whether you like them or not the sequels did not happen but the prequels <laughs> <laughs> and so you should acknowledge that those planets and races and outfits and looks exist it's fine they're not canon anymore but that ben I've been completely written out. I went out to call you Ben, then tried to correct myself and call you Dan. Then realised you're not Dan, you're Ben. It's the glasses, I know. It throws you down. <laughs> no one recognises Clark Kent. I, do I, am I Dan? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought they did a really good job in this one of sort of catching Loki up. So it's like, it's not the Loki that we've seen in like Ragnarok and it, the start of Infinity War. It is 2012's um, Avengers Loki, but they've kind of done a nice job of like getting him into a midway point of like, sort of fast tracking the development he does by showing him all the yeah, stuff he, he went through, through. but he's what, still the same Loki minutes. so yeah. Yeah, they, they, they just nice showed him doing the, it. The, the Marvel films on Disney Plus yeah the entire episode was a bit of like uh, an, expedi- an exposition dump and set up hmm. 
Um, but it was like an abs- it, right. it was a super interesting exposition. Do- I was never watching this and being like, oh, here we go, exposition. Just being, yeah. uh, you know, I'm just having all this information dumped on me so that I understand later episodes. I, I was like invested in how they were giving me the information. The only thing that kind of disappointed me about this episode is the is the whole BD Cooper part because oh, I yeah. love that. I DB. loved DB Cooper. Was, what did D- I say? BD. I thought it was BD. No, it's DB. Because oh, I I've been saying DB so many times, and I thought I was. Either way, yeah, Cooper, <laughs> that guy. I loved the idea that they were going to sort of use this show to be like, oh, you know, some of those unexplained mysteries in our world. It was Loki jumping through time. Yeah, the grass yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed that they just go, oh, it was a younger Loki on a bet. Yeah, I was hoping this was going to be a real thing, but mm-hmm. it's still a good scene. I still like that idea. Mm-hmm. I was just hoping they were going to do it more. I think it's because the they kind of, they kind of maybe led you down that path in the marketing. Like in the trailer, I think yeah, it kind of gives I mean. that vibe and they've lied to you, which is appalling. Uh, they, they've, the they've, they've, they've done the Marvel thing and they've tried to throw you off the scent uh, but yeah. we, we know Mephisto's going to crop up so they, they can't fool us and I like the idea that he uh, it's he said they brought him in to stop himself because it's like why why would they bother well, wasting their time with Loki and it's like oh because the variant is is some other version of you yeah whether that be well because this is the other thing like that a few people have pointed out when he's going through all of the like paperwork and you see his file it officially says i think it's either gender or sex and it says fluid so officially canonically loki is gender fluid however uh, but if you if the internet hadn't said it you would never ever notice it unless you paused it which is no, i like, think still, still not quite good enough I think if you're going to say it, it's not yet. Uh, have your character be it, you need to show it or tell it, not have it be on a piece of paper that you'll blink and miss it. Well, I still have a few episodes left. You know, I, hope, I, yeah, I wonder whether this show could end with the main Loki being Lady Loki. I wonder whether. Yeah. I think I know that Tom Hiddleston has said he does enjoy playing this, but every actor's got to get to the point where they're like, I want to go do other things. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use this as Tom Hiddleston's out, which who, they're doing with Loki? a lot of the main characters at the moment. Yeah. Who, who's Lady Loki? Sorry. Loki, but a lady. Just that Loki, literally Loki, but a lady. Long, sto- yeah, long story short, in the comics, um, I think Loki was dead. There was a body that was supposed to be made for Lady Sif, and his soul inhabited it instead and went on as Lady Loki. There are other ones where I think, right. you know... He's just well. They have just changed from male to female, sort of on a whim when they feel like I it. Think it they are. They're a shapeshifter. I think it would just be like a maybe just a multiverse in in a, in a different multiverse yeah, yeah. variant. It, Loki's just a woman. I think that's what the variant will be. But I wonder yes, whether yeah. they will then use it to then go like Loki that we know goes. Oh, the idea of me being a woman. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and then just changes. It's like Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think it's which I feel like this show th- is going to th- be a bit like. Yeah, I think I think this but is fair. what they're doing i think this is what they're doing now in marvel in general they're like setting up the next wave of characters but keeping them kind of familiar so it's like oh natalie portman's going to be thor now and oh we're doing this show called iron heart where riri williams a a character that is going to be introduced and she's basically going to be the new iron man and florence Pugh seems to be being set up to take over 
maybe not as Black Widow, but as a new sort she of. Black, they, they might just give her the mantle Black Sam Widow. Sam is now Captain America. Sam is now like... Captain America. They're, they're setting up a new wave of Avengers, but yeah. keeping yes. them familiar. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like rubbish there, that in it, in a way. Why? Because it's sort of like, oh, it's, the, it's just Captain America, but a different guy. Or it's just Thor, but it's Natalie Portman now. Or basically just everything Christian said. It's like, <laughs> but it's this, a this bit, is a mainstay in comics. Like, mantles have always been passed along. There's yeah. like, what, five Robins now? There's been multiple uh, Green Lanterns. Six. I thought there were six Robins. Yeah, no, Dan, I, I don't know. You, you want different the characters, Dan, don't you? want new teams. I know, they're old, new, they're new know. characters. They just, like, like it's, it's not safe. like someone is now Steve Rogers. It's like. They're the mantle of Captain it, America. Yeah, yeah. It, it's safe in a way that... Because I've already gone on record and said I'm a bit worried for Marvel in Phase 4 and all that. Like, it's safe. And maybe maybe that's um, a good thing. But it's also, at the same time, not safe. It's a weird one. Yeah, I think it keeps the... It, it keeps people interested because they're like, well, I, I know who Captain America is and I know who Thor is. Yeah. But I think it gives them the chance to do something different with these characters because... Maybe like, Sam Sam Wilson as Captain America isn't going to be the same as Steve Steve Rogers. Yeah. He's going to do different stuff. He's yeah. going to build his own version of Captain America. Uh, yeah. Same with Florence Pugh. She's not going to be exactly like uh, Scarlett Johansson. They're, yeah. they're, they're not going to be the same characters. They're just yeah. going to be under the same names. Unless, unless it's a face swap. Unless it's it a, is a face swap. It's a bit mad, then. It like like what what are your predictions then for? The, the sort of final episode because in my head I feel like this show is going to completely wreck in terms of the whole multiverse everything it's going to blow everything, everything wide open and set up the, where Marvel is going properly into the future with the yeah. multiverse colliding could do I feel, I feel like that's going to happen well, I, d- I don't th- think that. that. That was the interesting thing with, with them saying that it's a single strand multiverse because the fact that it is all one single strand but is somehow still a multiverse means that everything is very close together and the strand can break. I think it's the idea if you've got all these different worlds happening but they're on one timeline, so time yeah. is still running at one, but Linear, you've got all these different yeah. worlds going on inside that. You know, I, I don't know if they're just sort of trying to mislead us because, you know, they wouldn't come out and say, oh, uh, you can skip the show if you want. But they have said that of the Netflix, not Netflix, of the Disney Plus shows so far, this is going to be the one that has the biggest impact on the universe. But, I, you know, that could yeah. just be them drumming up support for it. Yeah. I also think that the finale of this show won't necessarily be the finale because I think out of all of the shows, this is the most likely so far to end up getting a second season because there'll always be variants yeah I, I, yeah I reckon this will end with setting up like No Way Home and it's it's going to set up the TVA popping up in the films hmm. but I I do think that this show is going to continue as Loki and Agent Mobius being a team of variant eliminating <laughs> agents for the TVA and future series are essentially going to be like Doctor Who with them well, travelling the... to different areas and trying to sort out variations Maybe. in the timeline. Basically the plotline of Legends of Tomorrow, really. Mm. I... Although, like one, one thing that I would say against that, that is that I feel like this 
is the most almost the most standalone TV show as well. Like, so like it looks like it, like it, there is a definite leap in quality. I would say into in terms of this like is why they got the most budget. They've yeah. got the most budget. Yeah, yeah, but you can really tell like the quality of the writing's better. The quality of like the the actual aesthetic, the CGI, and everything. It looks like a film. It doesn't look like they spared any expense. I'd say um, they all look like that. No, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, but there's something about this that's like it's almost like a. It's like we even have a scene where there's um, you know, where Loki Loki disappears with the tesseract into the wormhole or whatever, and then. We, it's like a conti- it is literally does feel like a continuation of that scene. It feels like yeah. a film, whereas like One Division kind of did and kind of didn't. Well, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it felt like a film, but it, it felt like a lower budget film. They, yeah, they they had areas where this feels like a, yeah, this feels like an alternate like yeah like look into the same film. It looks yeah. like an alternate like pathway in Endgame, yeah. and I feel like yeah like it could just be standalone because of that. Like they pour so much money. If they go down the route Christian was saying, where it's like you know Mo- Agent Mobius and Loki week after week kind of thing, it might lose a bit of I that d- magic. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a week after week thing. I I think they'll keep it to like six episodes at forty minutes. Yeah. Um, or they they might end up dropping season two down to half an hour, but having like nine episodes, like one division style. But I, I, I do think that this is a series that will end up continuing um, because I think it's an excuse for them to do to to trial doing some of the sort of lesser mainstream characters you know they can be like oh we've got a variant in this world it's a it's a variant of thor and we need to go you know the duck you know we we, yeah we 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 need to go like take we we need to go take care of this thor variant and they turn up and it's beta ray bill and they they can do these more sort of unique weird and d-list characters and just make them variants and have them appear for an episode I think um, I don't think the show. I, I'm still not convinced they can fully rely on having the shows having this much impact at the moment because they're just the first set of shows. On the, yeah, maybe. Uh, so I think maybe like it'll have some impact, but maybe still you could, in a sense, skip it. In the sense, like when you watch Multiverse of Madness, the one that will really change things up, or or No Way Home. You know, like in really in theory, like you could what you could skip one division, Falcon Winter Soldier, and kind of pick up the gist if you just watch the movies. I imagine probably. And I wonder if yeah, I think it won't be as big as we think it is. I don't know that when I saw them all there though, like on Disney Plus, when I saw you know you can have have the option to just watch MCU stuff and click, and it's all there in a nice collection. All those TV shows are set nicely on the timeline against with the with the films. It's like all one thing. It's like uh, Marvel are making no distinction almost between the TV shows and the films. It's all the same story. It's just now they're passing to this new medium, and yeah. I just got this sense that like they really know what they're doing. Like they really do know what they're doing, and they've got this plan. And like I said the other week, I worried, but for some reason just seeing that especially now Loki's come out and seeing the quality of Loki and everything I just feel like they're proper on the ball like they're ahead of the game and I don't know it's interesting they've not skipped a beat and yeah. they they've they've they know they clearly know where they want to go with it yeah. like I I when 
Kevin Feige was like, oh, this is going to have the most impact. As soon as I finished the episode, I was like, right, he said that because I the TVA are about to become a big deal. The TVA sought variations in time and the timeline single-strand multiverse is about to be absolutely split into many, many strands. Mm. And they're maybe going to be antagonists, maybe going to end up working with remnants of shield or sword or whoever now that's i'm I'm not sure what side they're going to be on yet i suppose we'll see where the the timekeepers and the tva stand as this series goes on but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be interested I, I i don't think they're just going to be uh retained in like contained in loki i think the tva are going to start popping up in at least every film where the the multiverse is like a major factor yeah i don't know like it's great you were saying dan about the planning like it is crazy like i i'd more than anything i'd love to see where they plan it like the room when they do it like when when they release that trailer and at the end of the trailer it's like a minute of all the titles of like Mm -hmm. 10 new films they've got 10 shirts like they've planned like five years in advance they know all the stories and they've got the script i want to be in the room i want to see it (laughs) so bad because it's like when you see how when they started to do infinity war and endgame they have those like massive whiteboards and they sat like right here's all the characters we've got here's all the plot lines we need and we do like it it must be a nightmare to organize it appeals to me on that level though how intricate everything is and it is impressive how they have pretty much Men it managed to tie everything together and make this whole cohesive story that has spanned, you know, over ten years now. What is it? When was Iron Man? Two thousand seven. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. It's a long time. Thirteen years. And it's like you see how often people get it wrong. Star Wars got it wrong. You know, DC consistently gets it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And Dark Universe. Exactly. Well, pretty much every extent, every (laughs) cinematic universe has kind of fallen flat, really, broadly speaking. Um, especially like these big lofty ones, sci-fi kind of fantasy cinematic universes, they've sort of fallen flat. Marvel has always consistently been just that one step ahead of everyone, and I feel like I, for some reason it just kind of clicked a little bit when I saw I saw what they were doing, like when I just saw all their little TV shows there with the films, and it's all part of the same the same <laughs> thing. It's because. Um, and yes, this is a sentence I'm going to say. Star Wars, uh, uh, Marvel always have an end game in mind. Oh. Oh. They, oh. They, they, oh. they always know where they're going. Like yeah. they started Iron Man one back in 2008, and they were like, "We want to get an Avengers movie, but, but said- we're not. We're not going to rush it. We we know that." In a few years, Avengers is where we want to end up. They mm. got to Avengers. Avengers was massive. It was like super big event. And then they were like, right. They, they, they didn't sit down after Avengers and go, right, where do we go from here? They, they knew that they were going to get to Avengers. And a couple years prior, were like, so where do we want to go after Avengers? What are we going to do? Yeah. How are we going to get Look, ourselves to Avengers know. 2? Literally, the, end, the Avengers post credit scene it sets up Thanos. We didn't even see him on screen for another two years, yeah. and he doesn't even then properly appear for another six years. Exactly. Yeah. This is why I think I wouldn't give him as much credit in the early days 
to be honest. I think no, they, I made, think they, they made have... their movies and they went, if it goes well, we'll do they that. And we'll get... I, I do think there was an we'll element of if it goes... Thanos and think about it later. I, 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 think, I think they had. They knew where they wanted to go. I think I do agree with you. I think, you know, they weren't, this is exactly what's going to happen. But I think they were like, oh, we want to do the Infinity War um, I... saga. So we'll... We will. We'll tease Thanos. If people respond well, we will go ahead with our plan. If they don't, then, you know, we'll do something different. I would argue that phase two is less planned than phase one. Phase one seemed quite planned of, you know, we want to get to Avengers. I disagree. Phase three is, like, incredibly meticulously planned to get to Infinity War and Endgame. I think that phase two... While they had a plan, there was a bit more sort phase of... Phase 2, where they start really leaning into the Infinity War. It's where you get most of, like, you know, they start introducing more of the Infinity Stones. And literally in Age of Ultron, they do the whole... Here's the story of the Infinity Stones. Well, not they don't do the story, but they essentially go, Infinity Stones are a thing, we're doing them. Like, Phase 2 really starts ramping up, I think. I just can't remember what's Phase 1 and Phase 2, so... Phase one is those first. Like, I don't. I know. I didn't say tell me. I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think they. I, I think they really know what they're doing, especially in regards to like, um, you know, doing things like making the new Thor like a woman, and making Loki gender fluid, and bringing in just more a more diverse cast of characters, and and just and just things like that. They really sort of they, they've got the finger on the pulse of pulse in in a way that no one else really does and i just feel like you know they know what they're doing D- in the end D- really. D- dc are trying DC so are trying. hard to replicate what marvel has Bless but them. they they just haven't found that they just they don't know what it is that is making marvel work so well and i'm I think it's that they don't have their Kevin Feige. They yeah, don't yeah, have the head guy to sort of yeah. shape it all and be like, right, okay, all these different filmmakers, you go make your yeah. solo films, but here's the main vision that we need to get to. Yeah. yeah. And Star well, Wars have that. That's why it's so frustrating. Dave Filoni mm. is the guy, and yeah. John Favreau as well can be the guy. Like it show, it is kind of working. The Mandalorian's working, and hope that's the stuff that they're in. Clone the thing Wars is, is working. The Bad Batch is in there. It's not as good, but it's, it's in there. I think now they've realised that the fans want Filoni and Favreau to be the the Feige yeah. of Star Wars. So going ahead, I do reckon that. Um, Filoni especially will have more involvement in the films, hopefully. I hope so. Look what happened when Kevin Favreau got involved with The Mandalorian. Kevin Favreau? Not Kevin Favreau, John Favreau. <laughs> got involved with it. Being Kevin <laughs> yeah, <Favreau>. yeah. <laughs> but like, look what, look what he did with it, look what they did when, when they, they went, right, let's apply the same kind of logic, the same kind of character archetypes as we do to Marvel. Mandalorian, he could almost be a Marvel character. In a weird way, he could yeah. al- he, he could almost be like he's a bit of a superhero. He's a bit of like a badass kind of guy. He's got special moves. He's got equipment. You know, he's got he, he, he could almost be a, from a Marvel. He's film. a guardian of the galaxy. Baby Groot's baby yeah. Yoda. He's got the ship like the Milano and the Razor Crest. Yeah. <laughs> but like what they did in terms of they also brought back older characters. They brought back Boba Fett. They brought back you know they, we found out it extended the universe. It made the universe feel bigger, but it also kind of. It made Boba Fett more of an interesting character. You know, we saw him as an older guy. He's he's not got his mask on anymore. He's got his own story to tell. 
but he's just kind of with Mandalorian, you know, and it's just it just works and it's cool and it has the same sense of the universe being a big thing and a meaningful thing. Um, they brought that, back those sequels some, never did, you know. They brought back some bloke dressed as Luke Skywalker. They brought back a, <laughs> some kind of CGI abomination uh, <laughs> that looked a bit like Luke Skywalker. But in theory, though, that, squinted your eyes really tightly. It looked like Luke Skywalker. Don't look at the TV. It is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> but that one scene, yeah, like the the failings of that are not in the writing because right the writing of that is really solid. You know, the actual what happened in the plot is really solid there. I think and brilliant. You know, everyone loved that aspect. Absolutely. It, it's just on a technical level which has to we have to forgive to an extent yeah. you know no but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when youtubers can do better than disney and their yeah, big show that scene, is always weird when the i YouTubers will not forgive do. them especially when they have a guy who works for disney called sebastian stan that looks like a young mark hamill and could have popped in for the day nah they can't be forgiven for that that was such face. a good moment. It could have literally looked like a PS2 character, and I would have been. It does fine look like a PS2 character. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I to literally if it had about five pixels. If it had the Hagrid, the Hagrid face. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. If it could have had that. I still would have been okay with it. It was so good. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good. It was good. I said but to it was Dan, also we, bad. We, me and Dan talked about it. I like the the positive in that was that at least the guy, whoever the, the man that performed it moved like Luke he kind of fought similar to Luke like the way he uses the force with his hand it is like Mark Hamill the way mm. he does it so at least that was they got that bit right just the writing all the way through the Mandalorian is pretty especially series 2 pretty solid I've got to say pretty pretty yeah. pretty on point just the little things they got right like that scene specifically with Luke where it's all those what they call dark troopers right just one of one of them just completely messes up the Mandalorian. I was killed him, and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, these things are completely unstoppable, like psychotic machines. And then Luke Skywalker turns up and just kills them all, like effortlessly. And it's like, oh, it's a Jedi. Oh, it's a Jedi. Of course it is. It makes perfect sense. You you get that sense of like the power, you know, of yeah. the, of, of how much more powerful Luke is. You don't get any of that in the sequels. All the prequels. All, all the prequels, but especially sequels where, where well, let's not, we don't need to go. I won't. Go <laughs> <laughs> it's just the power of like, it's just the power of little touches and little bits of like good writing like that that just make a film like a tangible thing rather than just, oh, the next Disney thing that's out, you know. And yeah. I don't know. Have we have we spoken about this on the podcast yet? I don't know if we've recorded one since J.J. Abrams came out and went, probably should have had a plan for the sequels, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, it, it, I can't fully blame him because, yeah, he was... It's not his fault. He was hired to do the one film, but even then they really should have... It, he was hired to do the one, and then he walked away, and then, it, and then they, he was given the scraps yeah. of episode nine and what to do with episode eight. But, yeah, man... Even still, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I, I like that at least. I wouldn't. Should have I was gonna say I like. Yeah, I was gonna say I like that they've let him say that. Do we think they did let him, or do we think he's just said it and like he has you know, no, he has he no do contract now. with them? Yeah. He's doing his own thing. You, you know, he can be honest now. It's oh god. Yeah. <laughs> the moment the the sequel trilogy dies is that mom the mom joke in uh, in the last Jedi. <laughs> I remember sitting in the... Oh, know, right at the beginning of it, right yeah, at the opening. Yeah, I remember when uh, page, uh, the page in... Do- uh, 
what is it, Paige? Um, yeah, Poe's trying to talk to General Hux when it's Poe just flying around of their Star Destroyer or whatever. Mm. And he's I can't remember what he even says. He, he's trying to Poe. He's trying to he's trying to he Page Hux. Yeah. And he's like, oh, is Hux there? I can't hear him. Uh, I'll wait for his mum or something like. That. Yeah, yeah, he makes, he makes, he makes some really, really. I don't remember ten... being a mum joke. No, yeah, but like that—that's that, in the first five, five minutes of the film. Maybe go back and watch it. Um, and it's like I remember sitting in the cinema, anticipating the second Star Wars film after the Force, Force Awakens, and then they made that mum joke, and I was like, oh no, oh <laughs> no, you can't like what whoever's written this is. You know, it was, it was Ryan Johnson. I think he wrote that. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you, you've, you know, you can't. I like Last Jedi. I know, James, I know you do. <laughs> That's a podcast I mean, for another day. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, well, the best, yeah. Well, the best, a great red letter media line in the Last Jedi review, Mike goes like, their $4 billion franchise, they just gave it to some guy. And he just wrote <laughs> yeah. a script and they just gave it to some bloke. Yeah. And he had all the keys to the franchise. <laughs> Yet all the same. Such a great line. I know. I think in the end, probably Ryan Johnson had other ideas for that second film, and Disney kind of went, "Nah, make it like Star Wars." Well, well, his his original his original plan was to focus heavily on the casino heist. Yeah. Um, and they were like, "Oh well, we've kind of got a solo movie being made. That's a that's a that's a heist movie. So could you like not do the casino heist?" And he was like. Well, I'm gonna do the casino heist, but I'll I'll make it a lesser point. And he made it such a lesser point that it's an entirely pointless side story that didn't need to happen. Literally pointless, man. It actually is. It actually is literally pointless because regardless, Holdo goes into the ship anyway. Anyway, because yeah. it is literally <laughs> pointless. Oh, anyway. I can't. Oh, anyway, Loki was pretty Lo- good. Wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> I, I think it's the best first episode of the Marvel shows we've had so far. There we go. I would agree. I would probably agree as well. I did really like the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. You know? it, it's a re- it's a really good episode. I think first episodes on their own. I think it goes Loki, Falcon, One Division. I yes, thought One Division was pretty good. One Division's way down. <laughs> I really enjoyed below, the first episode of One Division. Oh, I still down. liked it, but I think I think the episode on its own wasn't as good as the other first episodes. Yeah. I think the show yeah. was great. Maybe, but then we did we did get we did get a second episode of One Division straight like they were back to back, wasn't it? Yeah. Both yeah, yeah. Whereas with this one, we could... uh, super super quick, I'll give uh, James and Christian five minutes to potentially talk about nobody or the Hitman's Bodyguard because we're talking about all the new releases. Things are opening back up. The cinema's back on. Is nobody and the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard worth the watch? Your time starts now. Short and simple, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. Pretty much the same sort of humour and style, but a better dynamic. Enough said about that one. Nobody. It's good. It's it's really good. Go watch it. It's clever. It's a, it's a good action film. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's something a bit different. It's, it doesn't break the mould by any means, but it's... I really like it. It's, a, it's kind of like John Wick meets Taken, but in the best way possible. And it's funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a... I, I was I was really scared that because it was the John Wick writer, it was just going to be like, oh, it, it's just John Wick, but with Bob Odenkirk. But it, it is like, while it is like John Wick and it is like Taken, it stands on its own legs. It doesn't lean too heavy on being like those. Um, and 
Bob Odenkirk is great in it. It's got some great action scenes. It is like it, it's funny. The the story's entertaining, and uh, it's got Christopher Lloyd in it. Which what? Spoilers, Christian. Look at Ben's reaction. He's robbed at that <laughs> moment now. <laughs> one of the biggest, I one of the biggest reactions robbed. I wish I didn't know Bruce Willis was in Split, and it was an Unbreakable sequel. I if I if I didn't know that, I would have flipped. I, I would have <laughs> lost it. Lost it. Sorry. And now you um, spoiled it for everyone who's not seen Split. So well done, Ben. So yeah, guys, uh, if, if you enjoyed the episode, please give us a like, give us a little subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and give us a little follow on iTunes and Spotify on the audio podcast. We're doing well in the audio podcast, are we, Dan? D- give the David Fincher podcast a listen. It's very, very good. <laughs> give yes. Alien 3 Timeless or Trash a watch. It's also very, very good. Give Norbit a t- Timeless or Trash a watch. The title race for first place of our videos is hot, and Norbit is on the tails of the first ever podcast, so please give it a watch. And we will see you next time, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we, will, we will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.